Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Good morning, folks. I got news for you. This is the last day of 2019. Are you excited about it? Well, I'm not excited because time is going too fast. I'd like to slow down a little bit. Seems like the last 10 years have flew by. The older I get, the faster it moves. Uh, it moves, and you know I'm ready to go to heaven, but I, you know, I'd like to wait a little while. I'd like to see my daughter grow up a little bit, maybe even have a grandkid someday. I don't know if that's what God wants, but you know what? It's been a good year. It's been a good year. You know, ups and downs as we all have, but God has been in the center, and that's what matters. And I hope and pray God is in the center of your life. I love running into people and talking to people. In fact, just uh, recently, I stopped by my favorite place to to get some a gift for someone. It was Lee's Chocolate on Vista. It's somewhere I've stopped since 1974. Try that on. 45 years. That's when I was at least living in Idaho, but that's when I started. And uh, I love those guys over there, Kurt, who owns that. He had said last year there was an article in the paper. It sounded like he was moving out or moving away. And he, he said it kind of hurt his business because uh, people thought they weren't in business anymore. He said, we're going strong. So if you're out there, you want the best chocolate, in in my opinion, around. It's Lee's Chocolate over on Vista. And, man, I love their lemon creams, their orange creams. Oh, they're, uh, they're uh, maple creams. I like creams, can you tell? I like the Rocky Roads, but they have great chocolate. So anyway, they are still going, and I told Kurt, I'm going to tell my people that are listening to me that you're still going because what he told me that people think they're closed, they are not closed, and they're still the place to go for chocolate. So anyway, with that said, that's my public service announcement. I just wanted to say that because he's my friend. I want to share on this last day out of 2 Kings, which I'll probably share today and maybe tomorrow. And 2 Kings was written somewhere near 560 to 540 B.C. Scholars are not positive of the authorship, but most believe that it was Jeremiah, the prophet. We see the timetable of kings and how some were kings that lived and followed God and others who turned their back on God, thus leading to a very troubled times. We find that prophets would continually warn people about the judgment of God. And like today, so many ignore the message and they go their own way. They cause their own consequences. Do you know in life, we cause our own consequences because we choose to do things without God? The word of the true prophets always comes to pass. And of course, false prophets prophesy don't come to pass. Just like some of those that prophesied, even there's some religions around that they've had prophecies and they said the time is going to come and the end's going to be on this certain day. Folks, the Bible made that clear. That's not going to happen. But yet people follow these sects. S-E-C-T-S. I just thought I'd better clarify that. And they, they follow them and they, they go their direction and they think they're prophets. I'm trying to share some stories today about each book of the Bible that I have in the last several years talked about different books in the Bible. And I want to talk about King Hezekiah. Many times when we hear his name, we think of Hezekiah's tunnel, which was found in Jerusalem. My wife and I had the privilege of walking through it in 1984. A little scary for me because it was dark, it was long, it was narrow, and it was short. And I'm tall. I'm a six foot two man. And, uh, and I'm, I'm a little bit on the wide, not real wide, but a little bit on the wide side. And it was narrow. 
and it had it has about a foot and a half of water in it. You have to wear tennis shoes and shorts and walk through it, and it's quite a walk. Hezekiah had the tunnel built to have a reliable water supply come from the outside of the city of Jerusalem to the city, and he didn't want the Assyrians to use it. The tunnel is, try this on, 1,750 feet long. And they started building it at both ends until they met in the middle. In fact, there's inscriptions were found in the tunnel that describe the two sets of workers working from each side to meet in the middle. Then an inscription said, the tunnel was completed when they got to the middle. There's an inscription, the tunnel was completed. It's quite a piece of work for that time. Chisel through the rock. You know, and when I shared this message in our church, I showed pictures of it because I can't show pictures to you, of course, on radio. But Hezekiah led in what I call the reversal. I'm just calling it the reversal. A little prior to Hezekiah, we find that King Joash uh, in the early part of uh, 2 Kings, and he was following God but didn't complete his work. He fell short, the word said. He didn't get rid of much of the evil that God was against. He, didn't, he got rid of some, but not much of it. So Hezekiah had to do the reversal. In other words, he smashed the idols and those things that were people were worshiping, including the bronze snake Moses had made that the Israelites were burning incense to. In fact, we find this in 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 1 through 8. Listen to this, and I'll make it through some of these names, so bear with me. In the third year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He removed the high places, smashed the sacred stones, cut down the Asher pole. He broke into pieces the bronze snake Moses had made, for up to that time the Israelites had been burning incense to it. Hezekiah trusted the Lord, the Lord of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. He held fast to the Lord and did not stop following him. He kept the commands of the Lord that, that the Lord had given to Moses, and the Lord was with him, and he was successful in whatever he undertook. He rebelled against the king of Assyria, and he did not serve him. From watchtower to fortified city, he defeated the Philistines as far as Gaza and in, and in its territory. I love that. He followed God. He followed God. People of God, that's what we have to do. We have to follow Almighty God. You know, so Hezekiah had the reversal. He did these things. He made these things happen. Sometimes we have to complete the work and that those in front of us fail to complete. Joash wouldn't destroy strongholds. Maybe he didn't have the courage in his heart to do so. Sometimes we as people end up tiptoeing around issues because we don't want to face the pressure, the issues that are unfortunately things that don't get accomplished because we will not face the pressure of standing up to something. You know, I got to admit, there's been times I've been weak. There's been times, you know, sometimes I, I don't like confrontation. I don't like having to get on people. That's not certainly not my favorite, but there's some people that can do it very easily. I'm not one of them. I try to smooth things over. I've been accused of being more of a diplomat, somebody to try to diplomatically uh, discuss things with people to try to bring peace. I, I'm, I'm, in fact, if you take those uh, personality surveys, I'm, I'm a, a peaceful, 
happy, fun person. That's the country I come from is peace and fun, and that's just kind of who I am. But a reversal won't take place until we learn to face our obstacles. And, folks, there's obstacles in our lives that we need to learn to face. Hezekiah confronts sin. And, folks, that's something that this world has certainly gone reverse on. We've, we, in fact, give in to sin. We have changed our policies about sin. We have put up with sexual immorality. We have put up with homosexuality. We have put up with drunkenness. We have put up with uh, carousing. We have put up with everything. God has called us to love the sinner and hate the sin. I want to love people. If they're living away from God, I want to love them. I want to show them I care. I'm not against them. But if they're going against God's word, then they're sinning against God. We want, to, we want to confront sin instead of staring it right in the face and doing nothing about it. We see those around us sinning, but we choose to say nothing because we don't want to hurt our relationship. Instead, we cost them eternal life with Jesus Christ because they, turn, they choose to live away from God, and we say nothing about it. I don't think it compares. Hezekiah under, understood the sellout. He understood what it meant to sell sell out to God. God isn't interested in us having one foot in and one foot out. Kind of sounds like Revelation 3, doesn't it? If you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth, you know, because people are on the fence. And I talked about this last week, I believe. They're sitting on the fence. They don't want to be hot or cold there. And he says, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. It's time to sell out to God. It's time to be true and real. Now, I'm telling you this, though. You love the sinner. If you see people sinning, you know it's a sin. Show them in the Word of God, this is a sin. They have to make that decision. But sometimes we've got to lovingly share with them. That doesn't mean we hate them and say horrible things about that. That's one thing that drives me nuts is there might be rallies of something that we're totally against that's totally foreign to God, and we get so angry and we want to we want to go down and make a big scene instead of loving and encouraging them and say, hey, look, we're here to pray for you. We're here to support you in the sense of changing things around. We want you to see God's truth. You know, sometimes we get so angry that we that people we can't minister them because they won't be ministered to because we become so hard. The Lord wants all of us. John the Revelator tells that in Revelation. Jesus' revelation, as he shared to the church, uh, you know, that I've talked about in Laodicea about being lukewarm. Well, Jesus wants us to be truth. Jesus is the truth. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. We need people to know the truth, and so allow the truth to set them free. But if we never share it and we continue to run scared, we are only keeping truth away from those who so desperately need it. Hezekiah was all for getting rid of those things that took people away from God. The Holy Spirit of God intervenes in those who seriously seek Him. This year, we are finishing the year. We finish strong. Let's start strong next year. Let May tomorrow be a great day to start and say, I'm going to serve God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. I'm going to love Him. I'm going to walk with Him. Folks, He loves you. Our Heavenly Father, thanks for 2019. Thanks for those who listened today. I pray as I continue to talk about Hezekiah tomorrow, that people will tune in. And Lord, there'll be some good that comes from this, that we'll make good decisions. We will love the sinner, but Lord, help us continue to hate the sin. But Lord, people need to see the love of Jesus in us. Use us. Use all of us, I pray. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Life Point is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.